0: The Red Steeple Podcast is a production of Nolensville First United Methodist Church in Nolensville, Tennessee. Our vision is to be a neighborhood church where people experience a life changing relationship with Jesus in a welcoming church family. With this podcast, we want to explore subjects of faith to help you think critically and hopefully to see how God is working in our world and in your life. The ideas we express belong to the speakers. We aren't here to tell you how to think. We just want to give you some things to think critically about in your faith. In this episode, we're talking about provenient grace, the grace that comes to us even before we know God. Now look, we're not trying to put things into boxes, although you may hear me try to do that a few times, but this is a way of describing grace that may help you understand it better. We start the conversation with Pastor Jimi Hendrix, and at the end, you will hear from my new friend, Pastor D. Hennessy. In the United Methodist Church about his personal experience of provenient grace. Last time we did sort of an intro to, I guess, would it be appropriate to say the Wesleyan expressions of grace? Or how, I don't know how to say it, because you mentioned last time that it was all, it's all God's grace. It's just ways that we can understand it.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think uh, Wesleyan understanding or yeah, I think that makes sense to me.
0: Well, I, I, I've i told you before, I did not grow up as a Methodist. And so when we had our first baby and we started thinking about uh, baptism, I really struggled with what that would mean, why we would be doing that, how that would affect her um, spiritual growth from then on. And I remember we set a time and met with our pastor at the time and I took notes, of course, <laughs> those are in my Bible and they're still there today. But he talked a lot about prevenient grace, which was not a phrase I had ever heard before. Um, but that's what I wanted to maybe we could talk about that a little bit and sort of what that means practically. And honestly, when I um, think about it, it is the most reassuring thing to me, the fact that God loves every person, every person, regardless of how we respond, and kind of that, would you call it a precursor (laughs) to our knowledge of God, that he's still there reaching for us?
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly it. It, It's uh, wrapped around the idea that uh, God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present, and uh, our ability to to know God and to understand God all relies on God um, and prevenient grace the word prevenient means before um, I think we should just call it before grace, but it doesn 't sound as cool <laughs> <No>. so, <laughs> it 's really uh before we 've accepted or before we understand, so I think I also find it very comforting that um God loves every person who's ever existed or will ever exist with the same deep love and desire for relationship. And this, this idea of prevenient is our way of expressing uh, the way God loves us before we really understand uh, that it's God.
0: And our pastor at the time uh, talked about infant baptism or the way I understood it at least was, it's a sacrament um to it it it's sort of comes out of this idea of prevenient grace is that is that fair
1: yeah absolutely it's a um so a sacrament is a special means of grace i think uh you you brought up means of grace uh last week and um prevenient is a special means i mean Sacrament is a special means of grace, meaning a time when uh, God draws uh, so close to us, and it's a it's a way of um, living into prevenient grace for a child, a way for their their parent or guardian to do that. So I would I wouldn't say that infant baptism is the only means of prevenient grace at all, uh, but it is one that was given to the church uh, by God.
0: Yeah, you know when we use the word sacrament. It's a very churchy word. To me, it means something that's really special that an ordained person to lead. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it in just like everyday terms, but it sacrament is something that we do as a community of believers together, and, and it's, it's a special time. Is there. Yes something more we can take away from that that word
1: yeah that's yeah that's a big word to unpack um so i I think of sacraments as a means of grace they're they're a gift from god given to the church where we can experience god in a very specific way and they're they're always wrapped around the life of jesus both of them holy communion and uh baptism uh, that Jesus did both, and that Jesus um, instituted them both, and so reminds me of of what Jesus did, um, in that Jesus submitted to baptism, and so it is a means of grace where, when we're talking about specifically about baptism, where God is washing us, uh, accepting us. Preparing us um, and then there comes a time in our church, and this may be different for some of the listeners um, where you would then accept what was done for you, so we think of baptism a little bit differently. we think that it's that it's God's act, not ours, and that we're brought to it, and then at a time when we've experienced justifying grace, that we then accept that baptism for ourselves. We accept what was done uh, by loved ones and ultimately by God. And you don't have to do it that way in the Methodist church. You can, you can wait till you're older and be baptized and accept that uh, grace at the same time or later. But um, if that, that may help clear up some of the muddiness, but yes, sacrament. I think you're, you're on the right page. It's a special gift given to the church where we draw close to God as a community uh, together uh, to remember God's love and to allow God's grace in.
0: So one thing I was thinking was when you're talking about infant baptism, I, I don't know if this is an appropriate phrase to use, but it's like a metaphor, right? Provenient grace, God's there. So it's before we're really aware of God, he's there and He loves us, and he's his full realm of grace is available to us before we realize it, kind of like an infant who their parents have to bring them they're you know they're not aware fully of who God is yes. I, have, I mean think about this idea of prevenient grace which because uh, a lot of times you'll hear people say, "Well, what if someone had no um never heard about god and then they die and and a lot of people will say well i think that if they never had the opportunity to hear about god they're still someone who is quote saved um but it, and it's sort of that's different words to talk about this idea of prevenient grace right
1: yeah i think so um i often struggle with with questions like that too um Because I think what we know of salvation and what we know of God and um, of all of the things that we call Christian, we know by God's revelation. And so, as humanity, we like to uh, figure out a formula, you know? Even our understanding of grace that we're talking about today is like our our art. But God's bigger than that. Um, So, uh, I think um, when we're trying to think about, like, Scenarios; those really belong to God, you know. But I agree with you because um, what we've seen in Christ is this uh, overwhelming love for all of creation and for one of God's children. And so, yeah, I I think that is the right answer. And prevenient grace is the way that I think about that also. That it's what comes before we even know and that God loves us before we can understand it. I, I the, the imagery of uh, parent and child is helpful to me. That um you know I loved um my child even when they were, you know, a crying, screaming, mess making machine, you know, and they had, you know, maybe vague if that uh, no cognitive understanding, probably, of of love or who I was or what it meant to be loved by a parent. And I was the same way. I was born into the world in that same way. We're in deep need of our parents. I think that all of creation, including us, are in that same kind of deep need of God even before we understand it. And God doesn't um, shy away or deny us, but God calls us into... Um,
0: into relationship. Yeah, I, I can understand it that way. And I probably have only really understood it in the context of infant baptism because that's where I learned about it. But what you're saying makes me think more broadly about it in the sense that, and it's kind of hard to talk about it, Uh, It's almost like we're talking about in a vacuum since we're separating out these different uh, aspects of grace. But that's just motivation for everyone to listen to the future episodes. (laughs) (laughs) But but when you think about, um, Mm -hmm. like, I had a friend who passed away this week. And so um, I'm looking through her Facebook because I knew that she really struggled with some difficult things and some things that kind of bound her, if you will. And as I'm looking through her Facebook and kind of trying to just remember her and, and see, she posts a lot about uh, needing to be loved. She posted, she posted about God. She was one of those people that posted a lot of memes. Mm-hmm. But as I tried to process her death, it occurs to me that it's not, it occurred to me, I'm sure it's occurred to you plenty before, but to me that this idea of provenient grace is way beyond just infants. It's this thing, even when you are living your life, but you're sort of stuck in something, you know, whether it's addiction or anxiety, I don't know what it could be, that God is always there. And so he's just Opening the door so that you can start having an awareness of him, so that then he has that opportunity to reveal himself more and more to you, and so it's a it's starting to become more of an idea that I can think about for adults too, right?
1: Yeah. First, I'm I'm uh, I I am sorry for your friend and. I, I, when I think about prevenient grace, I think you're right. I, I think about the times in my life where uh, either I wasn't aware of God or I knew God cognitively or in my head, but it wasn't um, the practice of Christianity or the turning towards God or making grace active in my life. just wasn't happening by my own choice. And in that, I think about all the people who spent time with me. Um, so like a pastor when I was a kid who called a confirmation class with me, uh, my mom, my dad, my grandparents, uh, especially my, my nanny, my grandmother, who, um, would freely and openly, talk about God. I see that all is pervenient grace. Um, you know, God working through God's people in that case and, um, Reminding me that that door was there and that God was calling me and that, you know, faith was more than just an idea or or something for after we die. And so it took many, many, many years because I'm stubborn. And uh, before I really sort of accepted that. um, I need God uh, like I needed a parent. Um, I need God all the time. Uh, I need God like like I need water to live, you know, like food. Um, that that it's only through God that I experience real life. And so, there were all these people and circumstances in my life. I I, I was really sick uh, when I was in middle school. Uh, o- almost died from a um, a type of pneumonia. And when I look back at that, I think about. You know how much grace was there that, you know, people that came to see me and people who came to pray with me and the doctors and the nurses and all, you know, just all of these things that took place that were completely outside of my control that were all calling me to life, um, and I think of that's all prevenient grace too. At least in my life, it was prevenient grace at that time.
0: Oh, I really like that because I. I feel like um, one thing that's always on my heart is that people who are already participating in church, that they also are living fully in God's grace. Right. And so I think sometimes when people who are already showing up to church, whether it's virtual or not these days, but that sometimes you you hear about things like grace and you're just like, yeah, I got that check um but and then if we if we only talk about prevenient grace the way i understood it at infant baptism then the thought is well i'm already way past that so check so it's right, really right. eye opening to think about it and how it really can be you know through life right like like you could be living your life but not fully not fully living into, um, I don't know the right word, but, but all around you, things are happening that are turning your awareness and your attention towards God because God is calling you into a deeper understanding of who he is, which for I grew up in church and um, I was in a different denomination, but I was baptized as a child, not as an infant, but as a child. But I still would say, looking back that, my, quote, conversion moment or justifying grace moment was in my 30s. And so then I think about, like you're saying, all these different people who turn my attention to God. And so I guess it's God using them, right? And, and like God uses us to reach to other people, and we may not even have an idea that that's happening.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think... uh if grace is God's love manifest um, in the world, uh, one of the main ways is through people. Um, I, I wanted to touch on uh, what you were saying of, about um, sort of growing in grace. So so I try to, even though we talk about prevenient, justifying, sanctifying grace and, and on to perfection— we do that as a way to sort of understand um, God, but uh, I don't think anybody has reached the full level of living into God's grace. You know, I know I certainly haven't, and so the. But I, like you, uh, would say, "Yeah, grace. Yep, check. Right." But, but really, this this idea of grace is the way that God. Interacts with us and reaches to us, and so we can we can never get enough of that. Um, I think when we start trying to think about um, lining people up and figuring out, okay, right now that's they're in just fine grace, or they're in this one, it doesn't really work that. That's not the way that yeah. God works, you know. Yeah. But it's helpful. Um, it's helpful for me when I think about my own life, like at times when I can see God calling and and see how I was responding. And then I can kind of label it with one of these things that helps me understand it, but shouldn't limit it. If that makes yeah.
0: sense. You know, it makes a lot of sense. I, my tendency is give me all the boxes. Cause I want to put everything in a box and put it in its place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but You're so right. You're so right on that. I, I think God's grace is. Well, let me back up. I used to be really frustrated that every day I would, asked for forgiveness for the things I felt I had done wrong. And then the next day, it was the same thing happening again. But what God's grace has done has given me a hope and, and put me in a place where I'm hoping and craving and yearning for more, even though that's still happening, <laughs> still doing the same boneheaded things day after day. Um, but, but grace gives me a sense of hope and peace in the middle of all of that.
1: Yes, yes, I'm right there with you. I, I sort of, I, I give thanks to God because I, I maybe I can say this cognitively, but I don't think I fully live into it. But I, I struggle with that too. Like I, I, I want to be, I want to be better. I want to live into grace better. And I kept trying to um, improve myself. You know what I mean? Like, okay, uh, so how how do I fix this thing that I struggle with, or how do I fix that thing? And those are all great, but without God, uh, they don't work. And yeah. so th- this idea of living into forgiveness and growth, you know, forgiveness and transformation at the same time, I-, I think is is God's plan, and so it lets me let let go, but also pick something up. It's not just forgiven, but picking up. The grace and the strength and the courage and the reliance upon God to be better. So it, I struggle with that same thing, but maybe on a good day, it makes me realize just how reliant upon God I am, and that that is a good thing, I think.
0: Yeah, I agree. Anything else you want to talk about with provenient Grace?
1: Oh boy there's so much there and I'm sure we sparked lots of ideas about baptism and infant baptism. And I could do like, you know, uh, a 10 minute spiel about it, but I would just, uh, leave it as this, that, um, God's grace is God's love in action and provenient is God loving us. We know it. And so I hope that people find comfort in that. And, you know, last week I kind of did a little, you know, maybe a question. And so, um, if you think that's appropriate for this week, I, I think um, a great question we could think about this week is what are the ways that we experience God's grace before we realized that it was God doing it? You know, who are the people in your life? What are the circumstances in your life where you really turned to God, where, where you were experiencing love?
0: I like it. That's a great place to end it. And thank you for letting me challenge your pastor by breaking things down a little
1: bit. <laughs> oh, no. that's It's good stuff. All
0: right. Thank you.
1: Thank you.
2: Hello, you all. Mary Beth has asked me to share a personal experience of provenient grace in my life, uh, a time in which someone, well, before I accepted Jesus Christ, came to me. But Before I share that, I'd like to share... A word of scripture from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 through 13. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Amen. That's the word of God for us, the people of God. You know, God's prevenient grace was so obvious to me throughout my life with the, the people. Now that I look back at it, that the Lord brought into my life. My wife, for example, prayed for me and prayed with me, my parents, but... The thing that stands out the most to me was I was kind of a hard-headed youth and uh, I ended up spending time in prison two and a half years and after just over 30 days of being in there, you know, I I had really questioned and asked God why I was there and what I was needing to do and, and where I needed to go. And so I picked up a Bible from the chaplain's office. And I was reading it and had some questions and walked from my cell area to the chaplain's office. And in order to get there, I had to cross over a main courtyard area. And there were several inmates sitting and discussing not too far from the chaplain's door. And I was walking by carrying my Bible. And a young man in that group by the name of John McClish looked up at me and said, Brother, do you know what you're reading there? And I had to say to him, I'm just learning. And he invited me to sit down with the group, and I accepted Jesus Christ that day. And I realized that everything in my life led up to that point. And it was God's provenient grace working through that young man who invited me to join them that brought me to the full acceptance of Jesus Christ as my Savior, Lord and Master. And over the years since, that feeling has just grown and grown. And so I want to thank Mary Beth for inviting me to share this. And I pray that all of you, as you look back over your lives, can see the way in which God's prevenient grace has worked well in your behalf, and especially through others. In Jesus' name, I wish all of you a blessed and safe day. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to the Red Steeple Podcast. Many thanks to Pastor Jimmy Hendrix and Pastor Dee Hennessy for sharing with us. As always, thank you, Amanda Jones, because you literally keep our show together with your editing. If you have ideas for future show topics, email us at redsteeplepodcast at gmail.com. Use this conversation to share thoughts with others and consider ways that you may have experienced God's love and grace before you even realized it. Stay safe and be well.